London. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome. Miller and Condon on a Monday as Des Moines Sports Station's 1460 KXNO and 106.3 on the FM dial. Return to local programming for the next couple of hours. We appreciate you spending uh, some of your time here with Trent Condon and myself. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list here to start off a Monday, we will uh, speak with the headcheese.com, Dave Sinekin. Uh, he's been uh, doing Packer Preview on KFAN in the Twin Cities for 25 years. He writes the blog, theheadcheese.com. Longtime Packer, uh, our Packer, what do you want to call him? Reporter, Packer dude, guest. Uh, he'll join us. Uh, the, the, my biggest takeaway, I think, from yesterday came out in the press conference following the game. And Aaron Rodgers, uh, his future is uncertain in Green Bay. Please, I'm not buying that for a second. If they make that mistake, that would compound the biggest coaching mistake we've maybe ever seen in the playoffs. They can't be that stupid, are they? Uh, we'll uh, talk to Dave Sinekin about Aaron Rodgers' future, about the call at the end of the game. Or towards the end of the game, kicking the field goal to cut the lead to five, which is just head-scratching. Uh, so we'll get into that with Dave. Dave Sproul is then next up. Yes, Iowa State gets to play tonight. They'll be on the floor. It's at least in some shape, form, or fashion. Uh, Coach Prohm's press conference from, I believe it was Friday, said there's likely going to be some walk- walk-ons forced in to action tonight as the roster's still going through the uh, COVID protocol. But Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and the Cowboys are in town. They got here yesterday, uh, so the game will be played tonight at Hilton. Uh, we'll talk about that with Dave Sproul at uh, 1045. 11.05, Nick Athen on the Chiefs as we swing back in the NFL looking at the AFC championship game from yesterday before Scott Dockerman joins us. Uh, Doc's got a new mailbag up with football, with basketball, with wrestling. If you're a Hawkeye fan, we strongly encourage uh, you to join the Athletic, not just for the Hawks, but for all sports. But that's where Hawk fans will find Scott Dockerman doing what he does so well. Trent Condon. Yes. How are you? I'm doing well. Fun Good. weekend. Good weekend. Was. Good day yesterday. Yeah. Rest of the weekend, not so much. Would have been a nice lead-in to have Iowa basketball, uh-huh. and we still have to wait five more days before we'll get to see them on the hardwood. Well, but- and here's what I'm starting to wonder, Trent. When we saw the um, uh, the Michigan situation with athletics being shut down. For, How for weird was weeks, that? Yeah, it's not good. And look, it's not just Michigan. You just wonder if that's the first. Look, we've got a whole other month to get through. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's becoming, at least to me, more and more apparent that let's just blow off this conference tournament situation. Use that time to finish all the games because, like everybody, we we don't. I, I shouldn't say everybody. Nebraska or Rutgers fans or Penn State fans couldn't care, but teams at the top of the of the league standings, you know, you want that. You don't want to have to go to the win percentage, right? Right. So play the. But games it feels like we're are, trending that direction. It does, right? but yeah. so let let's solve that. Let's blow off the conference tournament and let's let's make sure that we use that time to play all those games that have been postponed. Uh, let, let Iowa play Nebraska. Is that just selfish? No, I don't think for so. For our I think, part, though. Well, sure, there's part of it, but but Michigan's now going to be in the same boat because they're going to miss a bunch of games. And what if they're, you know, they're the team that has to revert to using the win percentage and 
they didn't get a chance to play Iowa. We're better than Iowa. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I just think that the regular season is more important to the conference tournament. If you, if you asked any player or any coach what they'd rather win, it would be a regular season banner. Tournament's nice. Don't get me wrong. Um, they're fun. They're fun. But it's they, a weekend tournament. It's a weekend tournament. Exactly that. This is a... A marathon, mm-hmm. a 20-game marathon. So uh, with Mission going on, we um, we can expect more of this. And I do expect that there's going to be at least a lot of conversation uh, down those lines about whether we, how, how do we solve this, how can we fix this. And I think the only way to fix it, they didn't build in that extra time at the end of the schedule like the Big 12 did. They've got, what, 10, 12 days, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Uh, there is nothing like that uh, for the Big 10. They do so have some flexibility see. that they put in in every team schedule. I was going through it right now, but they're not using the it's flexibility. Everybody's going to have this time where they basically kind of have a bye in the middle at some point instead of playing two games in the week. Okay, great. Are you using it? No. no, it's idiotic. Yeah. It really is. I, I'm it, with you. It's incredibly frustrating. Mm-hmm. It's the bad taste in my mouth, certainly, as an Iowa fan, about it. And I get that Friday night, FS1 doesn't want to give up that game. Mm-hmm. After how compelling Iowa-Illinois was a year ago, you don't want to give that up. Okay, then find another game to put in there. Penn State, they've been shut down for a while. Now we see Michigan going through this. There are going to be games available. Penn State has games to make up. And will it create an Im- unbalanced schedule perhaps but guess what you already have an unbalanced schedule we see that with michigan right. and the double plays that they have yeah. they only have iowa once they yeah. only have illinois once that's what happens when mm-hmm. you have 14 teams in a conference and you're only playing 20 games so it's still going to be unbalanced somebody's going to complain yep. but somebody will complain before the season somebody will complain after the season it's, it's like just the, the way it is it's just like the big 10 western football when you yeah. when you avoid yeah. ohio state but, but avoid and that's and I, it annoys me the penn state and it's usually mostly penn state People complaining about it. It was James Franklin two years ago at Big Ten Media Days. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Here's the one thing that you could do to change it. Put Ohio State in the West, and then the West will be a lot better than the East. There's one program that makes the big sway there. Yep. And everybody thinks it's just, oh, man, the East is so much more imbalanced. No, Ohio State is so much imbalanced in football. It's as simple as that. Indeed it is. So we will uh, finally get to see the Hawks and Illinois play for the first time and only time uh, this this season, potentially. Uh, that's coming up on Friday night. I mentioned Iowa State does get to play tonight against Oklahoma State, which would be fun to see them. ESPN2 has it. I saw that. The Deuce, 8 o'clock tip-off. and uh, The I bus have... at 7, by the way, for the pregame. Did you, uh, have you seen the point spread for this game? I have not. Okay. Take a guess. I'm going to guess you probably watch a lot of Oklahoma State Baylor. I did. I mean, I thought for a while Oklahoma State was going to win it. They played really well in uh-huh. the first half. Yeah, they did. And then Baylor. Well, they continue to impress me, though. Yeah, they're they're, they're at a different level than anybody else in the conference and anybody else not named Gonzaga. Yeah, that gap is mm-hmm. shrinking. Yeah. And if they would have played that first time, I think the Zags would have got them. If they play right I'm now. i they didn't. I, I am, too. I, I'm right there with you because I think at that time, Gonzaga would have won that game with semi-comfortably, mm-hmm. six, eight, ten points, something like that. They play now. Neutral floor tomorrow, tonight. I might be taking Baylor. Good. That's how impressed I'm, I'm I am. I'm on the Zags. <laughs> I know you're always on the Zags. But but to uh, Iowa State, Okie State tonight. Uh, so the point spread, uh, Iowa State gets, they get a bunch. Uh, Iowa State gets eight? Iowa State gets eight. That's your guess. Yes. I was a tick lower. Okay. I said five and a half, six range. Right now at DraftKings, you only get two and a half. Oh, jump on that. So, jump on that. You know how many times. Is Cunningham going to play? He didn't play against Baylor. Right. 
you know how many times we've fallen into this quote unquote trap where it just seems too easy in college basketball. Sure. I I cannot find though a compelling reason for taking I if there are fans in the stands. This was going to be. Well, there'll be seven. What is? How many did they put in there? Is it seventeen hundred? I think is that the number. Sounds right. Yeah. And and that's the number when there's no going to be storm of the century, yes, which will be yes. but will be upon us. Right. See what Lincoln's getting. Lincoln's uh, forecast to get twenty two. That was yesterday. I haven't looked this morning. There was no need to. Is there a Lincoln, Alaska? You're talking about no, here? No, Lincoln, Lincoln, Nebraska is supposed to get twenty two inches of Good snow. God. I saw it on Twitter last night. So. Look, Prome tipped his hand on Friday. There's going to be walk-ons huh. playing. This isn't a good basketball team to begin with. You're and right. now you're taking out some of the guys that would normally see those minutes that walk-ons are going to play tonight, and you're only giving up two and a half? I hate to say it, but go ahead and pad your bankroll for the Super Bowl. That's what I'm Get thinking. Get some yeah. before it goes crazy. Two and a half? You Look, mentioned Cunningham. Do they already know that he's not going to play? Well, maybe, perhaps. But here's the other thing about Oklahoma State. Don't forget, the game on Saturday was their first game in, was it three weeks or two weeks? They've been off for a long time. So, you know, playing against Baylor will wear you out, and that's what we saw in the final eight, ten minutes of that basketball game. This was a good game. This was a very good game on Saturday. Oklahoma State was playing their you-know-what's off. We'll see. Two and a half? Seems easy, doesn't it? Well, it seems like a gift. You know what else was a gift? And I don't know why you tried to outthink yourself. Uh-huh. You all did. Um, you're Patrick Mahomes, and you only have given up three and a half, and you guys were willingly willing to do that. Uh, I'm not gloating because I had that one right, but my good God. This Kansas City Chief team, Trent, I hate to say it, the Super Bowl is going to be awful. The, what? The Super Bowl's going to be terrible. But, wait, slow down. Don't say that on the air. We've got two weeks to build this thing up. What are you doing over there? Well, between now and then, I'm going to try and convince myself <laughs> okay. that this Tampa Bay defense Good. is... Look, I love the Tampa Bay defense. I've been singing their praises for weeks. And they looked... They looked phenomenal. Shaquille Barrett off one side, JPP off the other, Vita Via now back in the middle, and Dominican Sue, David, um, White... The secondary, Winfield's got to play. I would think that mm-hmm. he'll be back in, in two weeks. The other safety, saw him uh, walk into the sidelines with, looks as though he had a collarbone issue. was certainly a shoulder issue. But he's he the one that made the play, play on Jones. Yeah, was it Whitehead? Yeah. Whitehead, Whitehead, yep. Um, he made a couple of plays on Jones. The one that uh, Tanyan fell on, uh, but then the one that, uh, that he did cough up. Um so, yes, they've got the problems with safeties, and this is a phenomenal defense. Trent, the biggest, the biggest, I think, separator on this Chiefs team, it's not number 15, who's a star and is the best, is in the conversation amongst the best, because Aaron Rodgers is still really good, uh, quarterback in the league. Look, the best quarterback in the game that, uh, on Super Bowl Sunday is the one uh, from Kansas City. Sorry, Tom Brady, you're phenomenal, and you were, but Mahomes is is the guy now. Look, at Brady was awful yesterday, and the team still won. But it's Travis Kelsey that separates this team to me, Trent. Every single time you need to extend a driver, it's third down. Tyree Kill's amazing. Tyree Kill mm-hmm. is amazing. But Travis Kelsey, you cannot cover this dude. Do you remember Kelsey- the touchdown yesterday? His touchdown yesterday mm-hmm. in the end zone, where the play's going to the right, and everybody's everybody's funneling to the right, and he just doop over the top. There was no Buccaneer. I'm the Buccaneer. No Bill 
on the left-hand side of the field, the closest person to Travis Kelsey was maybe 8 to 10 yards away, and it was Tyreek Hill. <laughs> there, there was no Buffalo Bill in the picture. The play calling, whether it's Reed, whether it's Biennemi, it's a combination of two elite offensive minds. They'll come up with something to beat this defense. You think so? Yes. Even with that offensive line, as bad well, as it's going to that's be. That's a fair point. And Eric Fisher. He's done. I mean, he's done. Done, I mean, done, done. Injuries in general. Yeah. It doesn't feel as bad because they won a Super Bowl, but boy, you feel for that guy. It, yeah. Early Mitchell's, in his career, well, right. what a stretch. Uh, yeah. He's a nice tackle. He's not a number one. And mm-hmm. being part of this organization. You know what it was? It was he was um, another level of Robert Gallery, mm-hmm. who was a two. Yeah. But he was a two, but it's not his fault he was a two. Right, right. Eric Fisher was the first overall pick in his draft year. Any other year, must have, it must have been a weak draft. I'm sure we could go back over it and look mm-hmm. at the top 15 picks, and he flamed out, he flamed out, he never played. Um, but that's a good point, because now Mitchell Schwartz is the, the right tackle. He's on IR. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know Calicio Semele was doing very well until he, he got hurt. Now that you throw in the Eric Fisher equation, I like the middle of that line. They're, they're, the Kilgore, the center, and their two, ta- their two guards are very good. Maybe it's JPP, maybe it's Shaq Barrett being able to put some pressure on Mahomes. But Trent, you know that. If you put pressure on Mahomes, he's going to concoct his arm and throw the ball around you somehow. Is uh, Duvernay Tardif, can he uh, hop back in for the Super Bowl? Is that is that allowed? Uh, unfortunately, probably I'm not. Gonna guess I'm not, guessing yeah. they're looking at all of those angles. But that's the thing that still concerns me. And when I was looking at the game, my biggest angle was Patrick Mahomes and not so much the neck concussion whatever that was the toe the toe yeah yeah. and you told me that you said that to me on monday when we Mm -hmm. started last week and that stuck in my mind all week long this guy is not going to be right he's not going to be patrick mahomes and because of that i thought buffalo was going to have enough Mm -hmm. and and there were times that maybe they could have had enough speaking of field goals and and i know we're going to dive deeper into the field goal decision from lafleur but how about buffalo and mcdermott you, you're not going to beat Kansas no, City not with field goals. With field goals. Right. And two specific yeah. times, what was it, fourth and four, or fourth and goal from the four, I think. Well, he kicked two 51-yarders in the game. That's different. The ones that were closer, though, you got to go for it. You, mm. You're not going to come back and beat this team in the way that Mahomes mm-hmm. was rolling. You're not going to be able to do that. By just getting three, yeah, well, it happened they got, twice. Uh, they they had a, they had kicked a field goal in the first, the mm-hmm. second, and the third quarters of the football game. Um, look, it was it was what nine zip, nine nothing at the time, and then bing bang boom with twenty twenty one point second quarter, and and away they go. Hardeman makes up for that yeah. that, that that when he uh, muffed the punt. That incredibly, what was it, seventy something yards of run. That's just speed. Tyree Kill, what he's able to do, he's a magician. But to me, again, it's Travis Kelsey. And maybe they get Sammy Watkins back. Not that he's a difference maker, but they really didn't have that third option receiving-wise yesterday. Now, at least having the threat of Watkins on the field. Um, but it doesn't matter. Uh, to me, Watkins, well, he's walking wounded all the time. Mm-hmm. Hardman, he's fast. Mm-hmm. Okay. What, Pringle, throw whoever out there. Yep. What matters is you have Kelsey, who you talked about, unguardable. Yep. And then the speed of Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. Those two combat third receiver, whatever. It's fine. And Watkins, Kenny, can't he? Yeah, he's the best of the group. 
but I don't think it makes that big of a difference. Is those two are just a perfect marriage of components, mm-hmm. putting two guys together. Travis Kelsey, if he was in Dallas, would he be the kind of player that he is? If he was in Jacksonville, if he was well, in... Well, you obviously got to get some, have somebody get him the football. And, and He'd be and, good. He'd yeah. be a pro bowler. Yeah. But Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes also make him what mm-hmm. he is. There's so much space for him. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like watching a, a guy that's just his own buster. You know, in basketball and out there, and it doesn't matter. He's got space. He's going to hit it. And that's Travis Kelsey. He'll post you up because he's big, or he'll beat you up the seam because he's fast. He's got both components there, but he has the space to do it because Tyreek Hill is going to take not only a cornerback but also a safety with him when he's running up the field. Well, we've uh, heard for years uh, the defense wins championships. I hope that they can keep this championship close. I really do. Uh, this offense. That's where just, you are. That I surprises trying, me. I'm looking at. And I've, you've been on Tampa for two months. You I love the, the defense, yeah. but I just don't know how you stop this Mahomes and company. I'm looking at alternate alternative point spreads. You know what's seven and a half? What's ten? What kind of numbers can I get there? I I hope I'm wrong, but I think that this game's not not going to be not going to live up to the over the top hype that we're forced to endure for the yeah. next couple of weeks. Because is this Brady's last game? It's Brady versus Mahomes. Blah blah blah. There's so many storylines over and above playing in your home stadium for the first time. Chiefs aren't traveling to the Super Bowl till the day before the game. I saw Friday. I thought that was Buffalo Friday. I thought I well, and I well, heard, regardless, yeah. they're, they're, but they're, it's not going to be normal. No, media uh-uh. day Tuesday, Wednesday. No, it's all going to it's all going to be virtual stuff. Let's get to the NFC from what we saw in the NFC and Matt Lafleur's boneheaded look. There's no guarantee that they score the touchdown and then get the two. I get it. I understand. But you kick the field goal, then you're asking your defense to get a stop against a. Um, a team that was running the football very well. Leonard Fournette was he didn't have a ton of yards, but he had a lot of tough yards uh, in the football game yesterday. Um, and never saw the ball again. Never got the ball back. Didn't happen. I don't know what. I don't know how Matt Lafleur ever lives this one down. This is one of those decisions that I think will follow him for the rest of his coaching career. And then after the game. After the game, as bad as the way the game finished was, because I was rooting for Green Bay. I mean, I wanted the two regional teams. Sure. Selfishly, yep. I wanted to. I wanted both of the the, uh, the teams in the Super Bowl to be in our region, and so for that reason, I was on Green Bay's side. But I don't know how you ever lived this one down. Then you get to the press conference afterwards, and I watched it. It was a very subdued, and you can understand. So, Aaron Rodgers. And when he said that his future is unsure, and I'm paraphrasing in Green Bay, a lot of guys have uncertain futures, myself included. I'm thinking to myself, there's no way in hell, no way in hell that the Jordan Love era is going to start next year. This is the MVP of the league this year. This is the best season Aaron Rodgers in a career of best seasons has ever put together. And there's a chance he's not going to be welcomed back in Green Bay? Are you kidding me? First, the contract details. He is signed through 2023. They're not going to cut him. That is not going to happen. But is Aaron Rodgers going to be the first guy that we've seen at this stature try to pull what we see in the NBA? Well, Matt Stafford just did it this past weekend. He's on Mm -hmm. his way out. That's a different set of that circles. Is, that's a absolutely. bad football team that he's been yes. attached to his entire career. This is a guy that has played in back-to-back AFC, NFC Championship games. Yeah. This is a guy that's won a Super Bowl. This is a guy that 
is probably going to win the MVP, though. Now, looking back upon that, eh, maybe should have given it to Mahomes. That was my argument throughout, is are we going to look back much like Jordan when they gave one to Carl Malone? See, I don't think so. I think that's different. <laughs> Mahomes, he's no, the look, most... No, he's a great player. Mahomes is a great player, but, but this was Rodgers' MVP year. But that aside, so you have all these things, and, and does Rodgers say, I want to finish my career my way? Yep, Green Bay, it's been great. Mm-hmm. But you... You pissed me off. You went out and drafted with the first round draft pick, I not know. in the third round. Not I the. Know. You spent a first round draft pick for my replacement, mm-hmm. and that still sits out. We've heard plenty of people say that it did. Yep. It didn't sit well, and some people are connecting the dots and say that's why you had this kind of season. That's where we are, and because of that, does Rogers say trade me? Well, where's he going to go? San Francisco. Makes go home. Sense. Yeah. Go to Shanahan, a guy that knows yeah. a little something about coaching quarterbacks. Oh, that'd be dangerous. Well, yeah. I mean, who's Lafleur's? I mean, who's mm-hmm. uh, uh, Shanahan's protege? Matt Lafleur. Uh, maybe John Gruden. Raiders need a quarterback, right? No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like that no, as a Broncos like fan. There's a possible destination. Mm-hmm. There are plenty. Well, the Colts. Colts. There's a very good one. How about just go down the uh, interstate down to Chicago? That's not going to happen. We know, but. There are plenty of places that yeah. will pay through the nose to mm-hmm. get this guy, to get him, even if it is just a three-year rental. Well, how, long, how old will he be next year, season 38? 38, yes. Yeah. So May 38, 39, so two years, and then you're 40, you got a one. Maybe you don't. I mean, he's certainly smart. He, can, he looks after himself. He, he to, if it goes out of his way to avoid sack like Manning did late in his career, if, it, it's not gonna, if the play's not there, he falls down, looks kind of awkward doing it, but at the end of the day, you know what he, why he's doing it. Similar to Brady yesterday when he, when he threw that ball, it's right at the snap and threw it into the ground uh, so the field goal uh, wouldn't be pushed back any further. Maybe. Maybe you're right. You uh, mentioned LeFleur, and I completely agree with you. I had it in my notes this is something that, it's, until he wins the Super Bowl, this is going to linger for oh, a long, Trent. long time. That decision is going to haunt him, and right. that is part of his legacy. You're at the eight-yard line. you got Aaron Rodgers. You have one play. I get you only have one play. But there was too many dominoes that would have had to have fallen for it to come back and mm-hmm. actually give yourself an opportunity. You still needed to score a touchdown right. once you got the ball back. And look, Are Green, you going to have a better opportunity than have the ball in the eight with one chance to do it? You're no, not. I don't think you are. And, and you're look, giving it back to Tom Brady. The statistics, I get the it. statistics, but the statistics do not also say who's on the other side. We had this right. argument back with the uh, Vikings. Who were they playing that? Was it? No, I don't remember. I remember but it was a good quarterback this, this, yeah. on the other. Oh, it was uh, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Who was, he was playing at a super high level. Mm-hmm. It was and, MVP conversation. And the analytics said, all right, made the right choice. Yeah. But you also have to remember the other side. And this is the other side. It's Tom Brady getting the ball back. Not Jake Cutler. No. It's, it's not your average run-of-the-mill quarterback. It's not Kirk Cousins. And, and Tampa Bay gifted them an, an, a, essentially an extra timeout. When, when, when Mickens runs the kickoff back after the yeah. field goal and he falls down... With two oh two, so then they have to run and play before the two minute warning. Trent, some of the plays in this football game were just mind. Uh, these are pros for crying out loud, unbelievable. But I'll tell you where Lafleur did did I think made an incredibly incredibly jumping offside intentionally. Mm-hmm. So the clock doesn't start on the penalty. Instead of they just they because on the first the first play they threw the ball picked up nine. And that was because they didn't hit the two-minute warning. See, Correct. That, w- that was that was a smart decision by Mickens on the return. 
going down. Because if you go to the two-minute warning, you throw the ball, it's incomplete. Uh-huh. Then the clock stopped. But there, well, the clock's going to stop regardless. Yeah, I get it. That was the right choice uh, by the kick returner. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I can see your side of the debate there. Absolutely. If they were going to pick up nine on the first down on the pass, which well, they regardless, did. Regardless, because you do it at the two-minute warning. You go down to 156. Yeah. You're going to run the ball every single time. Right. There. So they're all... But here, they know that there is a possibility of the pass. You have two options in that first down play. You don't if it's at the two-minute warning. You do have an extra option, and they use that extra option. It was a pass. Uh, let's get Nate in here. Then we got to get a break. We'll get Dave Sinek in the headcheese.com to opine. Nate, uh, what is on your mind today? You guys are missing the point on the Chiefs. They Patrick Mahomes on playoffs averages over 33 points a game, so what he did is just average. Look at their defense. They played the, the Browns and the Bills and just dominated them defensively. Two teams that throughout the season put up points, mm-hmm. multiple 40-point games from each team. Did you notice? Um, well, they, they pressured. You watched? Sperano called a terrific game yeah. defensively, I thought. He pressured Josh Allen more times yesterday than they'd been pressured all year long. Man-to-man, a press coverage on Diggs was a huge factor in that game. Secondary Shut for the Chiefs down. was terrific. Um, go back and – I don't know if you uh, – I'm a huge Chiefs fan. I'll, you know, I'll be the first one to admit it. And yeah. I, I love hearing your uh, – Hearing just how much it, it pains you being a Broncos fan, it's excellent to listen to. Hey, you. I had my turn, uh, Nate, but you're right. It's your turn now. <laughs> but go back and watch early in the game. Uh, I don't know who it was on the Bills. They tried double-teaming or something on Chris Jones, and they got kind of in one of those early, like really early, first drive maybe. They, they, they got into Chris Jones, and they you know kind of shoved him a little bit after the play, and Chris Jones started talking. And on the very next play, he was like, it was ball was snapped. And he was in the backfield. Yeah, he, he, a lot of a lot of attentions on Aaron Donald for being the best. That you give Chris Jones, old Stone Cold Chris Jones, a reason to get mad, and you can't stop him. It's uh, it's amazing. No, he I, played he played I'm very a, well. The only thing that would worry me about uh, about Chris Jones is is that temper. I mean, he threw a punch yesterday and got uh, away with uh-huh. it. And didn't he not, against the Browns too, Nate? Do you remember that somebody on the Chiefs? I thought threw a punch and got away with it. It was very. It was more the the Browns one was kind of a an open hand, okay. uh, forcible blow. Okay, I mean it was. You're right. It was close. So yeah. he, he's got to watch it. Yeah. He's definitely, you know, one ejection away is going to really change that. But you know, with him going, getting the, taking the double teams and and sometimes triple teams, that's going to open up for oh, the Frank Clark the Shark. I, that's the defense has, has impressed me more than the offense. To me, yeah, I point. expect it now. Yeah, I I expect thirty three points. You know, they don't score that. That then they're you know that's average. They made thirty eight. That's just above average. Nate, uh, good call. Congrats on your squad. Thanks for listening over the years. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. Good to talk to you. Uh, Mark wants to chime in. Mark, uh, fire away. Hey, real quick for you guys. Yeah, I've only got one eyewitness to this, but yesterday I told my wife late in that game. I think Kelsey's the best ball player in the yeah. league right now. Nice. I really do. I got to completely agree with you. Who's who's who are you going to compare him to? Yeah. I mean, somebody's got to throw to him. But my mm-hmm. gosh, the guy gets the ball. He catches everything. I like I said, I don't always catch your show on a Monday morning. I'm glad I caught it this morning. Where, you know what, Mark? So are we. Thank you for doing that. Make <laughs> make more of a habit out of that, would you? Uh, will do. <laughs> will See, do. good to Thanks. talk to you. I appreciate the call. It's uh, thinking of Spags. This is his last, as a defensive coordinator for the Chiefs, his last four playoff games. Last year, 
what he did against the Titans. Came in, Derrick Henry, shut him down. Mm-hmm. Then, second half, the 49ers, who looked great in the first half, shut him down. Browns, great running game, shut him down. Yeah. And now, what we saw yesterday. Oh. Spags, and the other component, we're going to hear about what he did as the Giants defensive coordinator against Brady in that Super Bowl. Yeah, and point. one of the biggest upsets ever. <laughs> That's point. going to be brought up. We're going to hear a whole lot of Spags talk this week. Yes, we are. Two weeks. In the next couple of weeks. Yeah. 10.30. Dave Sinekin next time for a keyword. Miller and Condon are with you. It's uh, time for another slam dunk. Text the keyword GRAND to 200-200. Right now, it's your chance at $1,000. GRAND to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Hi, more on the NFC Championship. Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com. Nick Athen in a half an hour. Dave Sproul on Iowa State. Scott Dockerman on Iowa. Miller and Condon till noon. 1460 kick. Hi, welcome back, Miller and Condon, fourteen sixty KX and one hundred six point three FM. It's ten thirty five on a Monday. Let's get the head cheese in here. Dave Sinekin, Packer preview each and every season. 25 of them in all uh, covering the Packers on KFAN and the Twin Cities. His blog is theheadcheese.com. I read it last night, retweeted from my Twitter account if you follow me on Twitter. Uh, really good read. and uh, that, uh, Tough to write, Dave Sinekin. So many things did go wrong in the football game. Uh, but none more so than the uh, the decision by Matt Lafleur to kick a field goal instead of giving Aaron Rodgers an opportunity from the eight yard line uh, to to score and then to uh, you know get the two point con- uh, conversion. That's going to stick with Matt Lafleur. I don't care. This is going to be part of his coaching legacy. I-, I think for the rest of his career, Dave. I think it's that big of a gaffe. Well, and morning, guys. Yeah, I mean, it's not a play that you forget because of the moment, the moment in time, and all the other parts besides the game, meaning the history of, of what this franchise has been through in title games and, and where Aaron Rodgers is in his career and where this organization is going forward. Um, but, you know, it, it, you have to sort of step back and remember, look, when you hire a young guy, an inexperienced guy who had played, you know, called plays for one year, which basically consisted of handed up to Derrick Henry three times every series, you know, is he ready for the big moment? Does he know what he wants to do, you know, when, you know, he's going to make a split second decision. And I think, I think he cracked last night. I really do. I mean, that, that call so went against the way he calls plays typically when you've got the best red zone offense and the MVP quarterback at home, you know, I, I wonder if he was just thinking about that first series where, Green Bay settled for a field goal. Devontae Adams dropped a touchdown. and Maybe he just wasn't real confident with the way the red zone offense was performing. But, man, it just it doesn't sit well. And, yeah, he'll have to live with it, and hopefully he learns from it. But, you know, I just look at inexperience and um, just maybe not trusting your gut a little bit, and I think he kind of caved in the moment. A lot of people also questioning the decision after they cut it to 28-23 going for two. Mm. Your takeaway on that, and I've heard both sides of the argument. I'm not swayed one way or the other. Where do you sit? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, when they did it, I had no problem with it, Mm. Um, where they were in the game. I will say, if you watched every Green Bay game this year, as I did, um, they don't have a real reliable two-point play. They, They have not had a lot of opportunities to use it. Uh, it has not worked well. So I just I have a feeling that, you know, this team felt like 
you know, we have to go forward and, you know, try to cut it to three and all that. But, man, I feel good about it just because I haven't seen a two-point conversion work in Green Bay very often. I don't know what the percentage is, but at the moment in time, I was for it. As the game went on, I realized, man, you shouldn't have chased that point. Things would look so different with that one point. It's, it's so interesting how that works. But if I'm honest, I was fine with the decision when it happened. Uh, the the end of the first half, just mind-numbing how uh, they were able to give up that touchdown. It was a tough day for Kevin King. Felt a whole lot different going into the locker room down 21-10 when seemingly that had no chance of happening, yet it did. King, as you alluded to on Friday, probably that's when he, one of those decisions that they were going to wrestle with. Now, I think watching him yesterday, that decision was made easier to move on. But where I want to go with you, uh, with, with you, Davis, despite King's you know gaffes in the football game, he gets flagged for the pass interference. Look, it was pass interference, but you know what? In a game where they were letting them play, play after play after play, the the, the, the interception prior to that, um, you know, that was intended for Lazard, and he was clearly held as he was throughout the game uh, to just to to just be consistent. I think that's what everybody wants, and yet at the end of the game, uh, there was no consistency there as the flag came out. Yeah, and it was a late flag, and, and I understand it because, you know, you're tugging on the guy's jersey. You know, you can also argue, was it a catchable ball in a moment that big? Shouldn't it be a little more egregious in light of, as you said, um, you could probably use two hands to count on both sides where they'd let holding go, let pass interference go, because none of them were egregious, but they clearly had set the tone that they were not going to call that on this day. And, and to see it called there on, on the play of the game was really obviously difficult on the Packers' side, and they're, they're still smarting about it uh, today. But I do want to just go back to that last play at the end of the half that King gave up the touchdown. I, I put that squarely on Mike Patton. I mean, you don't play man with eight seconds left with Tom Brady. You're so afraid to give up three points, but Bruce Arians is aggressive. Tom Brady's aggressive. If they see man-to-man coverage with your weaker corner, why not take a shot? Right. There's nothing to lose. So, I, I don't fault King. He was put in a really tough spot. I think that's a decision uh, that Mike Pettin's going to be asked about, and I don't know. Uh, his seat got awfully warm after that decision as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Well, that's a big-picture question, and we got lots of them. Of course, the biggest is Oof. coming from the comments from the quarterback after the game, Aaron Rodgers, about his future. Frustrations or something deeper going on here? Your takeaway from that, Dave? I think it's going to be a talker for a while. Adam Schefter uh, had a big report this morning how – you know, Aaron Rodgers can really control his destiny. You know, he doesn't care about money so much as his legacy. This was a legacy opportunity lost, and now he's looked at as a great regular season quarterback and one in four in, in title games, and that's going to smart. And I, I, I think his comments about, you know, everyone's futures are kind of uncertain, including my own. Um, I, I looked at that as kind of a subtle dig at Brian Gutekunst to, by drafting love, kind of put his future up in the air and I think he was just kind of nudging his GM. Look, Green Bay is going to look different. Aaron Jones is not likely back. David Bakhtiari probably won't play for much, if any, of the season. Corey Lindsley may move on through free agency. His best friend on the team, Mercedes Lewis, got to feel like he's done at 37, 38 mm-hmm. as a tight end. Uh, a lot of his good buddies on this team are not going to be there next year. So I think he knows what this group this group that he loved and he was so close with and talked about it as the season went on, this group's not going to all be together next year. So he, he knows the finality of the moment. But I you know, I set up with PA this morning out the fan. I, I am 99% certain 
Aaron Rodgers is back with the Packers. I, I do not foresee him forcing a trade to move on. He was too open about how peaceful he was, how much he loved this team. Uh, to see that he'd be that disgruntled after yesterday. But it'll be a talker, that's for sure. No doubt about it. So uh, receiver-wise, I mean, they have one of the best in the game right now, Devontae Adams. Valdez Scantling, uh, he had a really good game yesterday. Uh, St. Brown had the uh, the bad drop in the football game. We obviously pay special attention here to Alan Lazard, just being from uh, from Des Moines, from Urbandale. Um, what's his spot in this football team next year, Dave? Will they try and upgrade the receiver position? And even if they do, it would seem with the body type Lazard has, uh, he's got um, he's got another year in Green Bay, don't you think? Yeah, I'd be surprised if they don't bring Lazard back. I mean, this is not a team that invests capital, high capital at the wide receiver position. You know, much was made that the only first round pick Rodgers has ever thrown a ball to in reception is Tavon Austin, the guy they added at the end of this year. They don't they don't draft wide receivers. I'm high. I'm sure they will put pick up one or two in this year's draft. Uh, maybe Devin Funches comes back after opting out this season, but I, I have to believe there's a spot for Lazard. Uh, they're not going to go all in. They've got some significant needs uh, heading into next season. I think most notably at tackle and cornerback with King probably moving on, the uncertainty with Bakhtiari um, and Ricky Wagner certainly. So I think there are much bigger needs. I'd look, rather see them go tackle, corner, tackle the first three picks than worry about another receiver unless one drops in their lap. So, yeah, I think they like these guys. I think MVS was huge. Lazard, not only as a receiver, he's a really blocker, good blocker, yeah. which they ask guys to do, and that's a really important trait in wide receivers, and he's not uh, expensive. I, I can't imagine he won't be back. Dave, uh, hopefully you'll be back with us on Super Bowl Fridays. We always do our hodgepodge with all our football voices. Sadly, your team won't be participating. Uh, just uh, one that's going to be talked about for a long time. Dave, well, uh, hopefully uh, you'll be able to accommodate us on Super Bowl Friday. Thanks for what you've done for us all season long. We sure appreciate it. Yep, happy to do it. Take care, guys. Good to talk to you. Dave Sinek in theheadcheese.com. Theheadcheese.com is his blog. It's a really good read. Did you read it last night? No, I haven't. It's, it's a good read. Um you know, kind of raw right yeah. after the game that he started getting on his whatever he types it on and doing his thing. Um, you, what did you think of the call, the Kevin King, the 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 pass interference? I mean, he clearly grabbed him. Yeah, it's clear. I I had no problem with it's it. just the lack of consistency. It, that, but we haven't seen guys getting their well, not the t-shirt underneath extent. ripping. Fair, fair. Yeah. and it was the back judge, and he had. Yeah, I mean that stood out to him. That's right, right in front of him, right? This is an easy call. Mm-hmm. And even if you've been letting him go physical, you can't grab a guy's undershirt right. as he's trying to go across the middle. You just yeah. can't do it. I had no problem. Well, Murphy Bunning was all over Lazard all game mm-hmm. long. I mean, his interception. Yeah, he grabs Lazard's shoulder pad mm-hmm. and throws him off and allows him to you know propel himself in front of him. This, it's a, this Murphy Bunting's a good player. I've never heard of him until this year. They where do you go to school? Quite a bit of small school. Uh, yeah, let me look. I'm going to cheat. You're going to cheat here. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess it's uh, a small SEC school uh, or ACC school. Central Michigan. Central Michigan. Huh? Central Michigan. Second round pick. You can find guys anywhere. Yes, you can. And they found a good one in Murphy. A couple Bunting. of Chippewas we've been talking about today. It's a good point. Yes, indeed. The first round pick is no longer going to be, uh, well, he's not going to answer the bell for the Super Bowl. Uh, Dave Sinekin will answer our call next. Iowa State gets to play. When was the last time we saw the Cyclones? Uh, Do you the Texas Tech game. But what day was that? It was, was on it? a Saturday. It was on a Saturday. So like that the 7th? Ninth Saturday, the ninth. Yes, the ninth. Yeah, 
Uh, they get to play tonight. ESPN2 has it at 8 o'clock. But if you can't be in front of your television, if you're stuck in snowbank, hopefully not. Right. Um, of course, the bus has a pregame with Heft and Walters and company at uh, 7 o'clock. Miller and Condon joined by Dave Sproul next. 1460 KXNO, 106. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Here's something to watch. Uh, the, the Cactus League in Arizona has mm-hmm. sent a letter to Ma- uh, Rob Manford, the commissioner of baseball, and saying, we need you to consider tapping the brakes oh. on the Cactus League this year with the COVID and all those, what, uh, 10 sites, 12, whatever, how many sites are spring training-wise uh, in Arizona. So, something to watch anyways. I, as Cappy has said with us every Wednesday, last few Wednesdays, he's not convinced we're going to see baseball uh, start on time, and maybe the Cactus League is uh, telling us uh, one of the reasons why. Dave Sproul is going to tell us uh, that Iowa State is going to play against Oklahoma State. Finally, the Cyclones get back on the floor. First time since January the 9th. Dave Sproul, uh, good to speak with you. I uh, hope you had a good weekend. What do we expect to see tonight, uh, Dave? We did hear Steve Prohm say that he anticipates that there's going to be some walk-ons taking up some minutes. That tells me uh, that some of his scholarship guys are still in protocol, COVID protocols. Yeah, that's exactly right. And beyond that, it's hard to say, you know, what, what we're going to see because we can't tell, at least uh, from sitting here right now, who is in and who is out. And maybe we'll get some kind of statement a couple hours before tip or maybe even closer to that uh, because uh, they'll want to keep a, a lid on that as much as possible for a competitive advantage. And I'm sure part of it is they don't want to give away any uh, health secrets that uh, might get them in trouble. But I, I think it's more of the former than, than the latter when it comes right down to it. But, yeah, uh Steve was was pretty uh, uh, open about it on Friday when he spoke with the media last. He said, yeah, this is a situation where we might have to use some uh, walk-ons here and and actually play them legitimate minutes was kind of the the impression I got. We'll see if it actually pans out that way. But uh, less than a full roster should be anticipated tonight in one way or another. What have the last two weeks been like for Iowa State basketball? What have you been able to unearth talking to Prohm and hearing uh, his Zoom conferences? Yeah, uh, he talked a a little about that on Friday, too, is that, you know, he hasn't, for a long stretch there, they weren't able to do anything, Mm. uh, at least when they initially shut down, you know, or hit the pause button on the the program, and then kind of slowly came back, because sometimes it was, you know, just two guys at a time was about all you could could really do, and kind of slowly built that back up to having uh, more populated practices. I don't know if they've ever gotten to a point. I would anticipate the answer is no, considering they don't have a, full roster available tonight. So there's probably hasn't been a point where they've had the full roster in practice altogether at any time in the last couple of weeks. So uh, that's going to be another issue is that, you know, not everybody might be in sync here, even among the players who are available. You know, they. Uh, I'm not sure if you had an opportunity to watch Oklahoma State and Baylor. Uh, this was a good basketball game and, and I'm, I'm out of Oklahoma State. I mean, 30 minutes, Dave, it was uh, back and forth as to who was going to win. And now we thought, obviously, that Baylor would assert themselves at some point, which is exactly what they did. But I thought Oklahoma State played maybe um, above their above their grade, if you will. I mean, this is kind of a middle-of-the-pack Big 12 team, and yet for 30-something minutes they were giving the second-best team in the country all that they wanted. So there's some talent on this Cowboys team, a team that played without their best talent in Kate Cunningham this past weekend. Yeah, I was about to say, they were doing all those things against Baylor without Cade Cunningham, who's probably going to be the number one pick in the draft 
uh, in the NBA next time around. So you got to give them some credit. I mean, Baylor is kind of inevitable in the fact that they were gonna they were gonna pull away at some point and win mm-hmm. that game big, and the final score looked like the blowout. It probably should have been all along. Uh, but uh, give Oklahoma a State a lot of credit, and, and I think Mike Boynton deserves, deserves a lot of credit. There's a lot of, uh, yeah, very skeptical, you know, uh, myself among them, a lot of skeptical people about his hiring in the first place where it looked like, you know, Oklahoma State administration just looked down the hall and pointed at a guy and said, you do it. Uh, and there might have actually been some actual uh, basketball reasons behind uh, having this guy. And of course, it helps when, you know, you have that inside connection with uh, Cade Cunningham. You have his brother on the staff, and you can – uh, help get him to still water that way. But uh, he's also done a good job with the X's and O's because even with Cunningham, I did not expect Oklahoma State to be a middle-of-the-pack Big 12 team. Uh, but here they are, you know, competing really on a night-in, night-out basis. It's incredible. And you're right, Boynton, really good coach. Mm-hmm. And guy, seemed like a stretch for him to get yep. that head job. Yep. And here he is. I want to get this to you, Dave. And uh, looking forward, I-, I just saw our friend Matt Norlander with CBS Sports. He had a tweet earlier this morning talking to a couple of major conference coaches, uh, Jeff Capel at Pittsburgh among them, saying conference tournament time doesn't make sense. If you're an NCAA tournament team already, can you just opt out of the tournament? And (laughs) very well could be where teams on the bubble and teams like Iowa State that won't even be on the bubble, very well could be the only teams playing in conference tournaments. Do you see that as a realistic scenario, that all of a sudden it's not – nine teams, as Oklahoma State will not be playing in the tournament, but maybe it's just four or five that are down in Kansas City. Well, you know, I don't think that's a done deal that Oklahoma State's going to miss the, miss the I'm tournament, with you. by the way. Yeah. But anyway, um, the, I think with uh, with that, you know, I never considered that possibility until I saw that same tweet you're, you're referencing, and it, it kind of makes a, a certain mm-hmm. amount of sense that if you're already in, you know, why risk going to a, a tournament where – you could end up having a COVID outbreak right before the big dance and you miss out on the number one, you know, event, the the biggest, uh, you know, the number one purpose you play is to go win a national championship, not just a conference championship. If you're already safely in the field, you know, why take that risk? I can completely understand that. And I wouldn't be surprised if it happens. I, I kind of wonder about the flip side though. If you're in Iowa state, you're going into a conference tournament knowing you're not going to make the NCAA tournament. Do you use that as your motivation and say, well, the door is open to get that automatic bid or do you say, all right, it might be just as well time to end the season and not take any more risks and, and regroup for next year. It'll, it'll be an, a lot of very interesting and uh, I think in a lot of ways understandable decisions because I can see the logic in that either way. Well, most coaches have a, a bonus tied to winning a conference tournament. Can you imagine only having to <laughs> win two yeah. games to, <laughs> to cut down the nets? We shall see. Dave, we will uh, we'll be following or you'll be in the building tonight, right? You're going? Yep, absolutely. I, I, I hope I can make it. I'm only a five-minute drive away. but Well, fingers, fingers crossed. Cross. And, and have your Twitter fired up because there'll be a lot of people that like to you know, maybe bet a buck or two mm-hmm. and so who's going to be on the floor and who may not be showing up on the floor for both teams because uh, Oklahoma State has COVID as well. Good stuff, Dave Sproul. We'll talk to you on Friday. We'll preview that colossal Michigan State, uh, Michigan State, Mississippi State, <laughs> Iowa State, uh, SEC <laughs> Big 12 Challenge. Good to talk to you, Dave. Thank you. My pleasure, guys. Dave Sproul, KASI, 1430 on the AM dial. I'm going to be keeping my eye to those Cyclone Twitter followers that I have. I've already fired. You should. Trent, It's I hate to say it's a gift, but it seems that way. Build your bankroll up in time for the Super Bowl. You got a free bet? Use it now. I would. Oklahoma State, you only have to give two and a half? Crazy.
Hour 2, Miller and Condon next, 1460, 106.3 FM.